Welcome to A.T. Stewart and Sons Ministries. I'm your host, A.T. Stewart. I'm glad you've chosen to join us today as we look into the Word of God. So take your Bibles and let's hang out in God's Word for a few moments and see what God would say to us today. Her name was Rose Brown. She was my next-door neighbor and a member of the first church that I pastored in Phoenix City, Alabama. She lives in Josie, Alabama today. I spoke with her just Friday afternoon. Back when I was pastoring there in Phoenix City, she went to the grocery store one day. And as she was coming out of the grocery store about to get into her car, a man approached her and kidnapped her at knife point. The truth that I'm going to share with you this morning saved her life. The same truth can save your life. This truth has saved marriages. It can save your marriage. The truth is found over in the book of Revelation, chapter 12. Our study of the weapons of our warfare... Take us today out of 1 Peter to the book of Revelation in chapter 12. The passage today deals with the midpoint of the tribulation, that seven-year part of history preceding the return of Christ, that part of history where Satan will pour out his wrath on on Christians, and he will seek to destroy them as never before in human history. And what this chapter in Revelations does is it shows us how these tribulation saints were able to overcome these uh, vicious attacks of Satan and his demons. If they were able to withstand and overcome him during this time of human history, where his attacks will be unprecedented in their volume and in their viciousness, how much more can we today use this same weapon to withstand our attacks of Satan? Stand, if you will, in respect for the Word of God. As I begin to read in verse 10 of chapter 12 of Revelation, Then I heard a loud voice in the heavens saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ has come. For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down. He has accused them day before God day and night. And they overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb, because of the word of their testimony, and they did not love their life even until death. For this reason, rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has come down to you having great wrath, knowing that he has only a short time. You may be seated. May God bless the reading and hearing and most of all the obeying of his word. John tells us that these Christians overcame Satan by using three weapons in their spiritual arsenal. The blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and their total commitment 
to Jesus. We will be looking at these three in the weeks to come. Today we're looking at the first one, and that is the blood of the Lamb. Perhaps the most powerful weapon against Satan and his kingdom of darkness that we have as Christians is the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the very power to overcome Satan, the very power to overwhelm his kingdom is found in the blood of the sacrifice of the Son of God. The very basis, the very foundation for our victory over Satan is the shed blood of the Lord Jesus. And the Bible says they overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb. Why is the blood of the Lamb so powerful? Let me give you several reasons. Number one, the blood of the Lamb is so powerful because it gives us access to the very throne of the Almighty God. It allows us to come into His very presence. Over in Ephesians chapter 2, in verse 13 we read, But now in Christ Jesus you who were formerly far away, far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. We who were separated from God because of our sinfulness, have been brought near, have been brought into His presence through the blood of the Lord Jesus. The precious blood of Jesus has become my atonement to God. It is the shed blood of Christ that reconciles me to a holy God. It is through the blood of Jesus that I can enter into God's very presence, acceptable to Him. The writer of Hebrews picks up on this theme as he talks about the tabernacle in heaven, which was the reality of the type of the tabernacle on earth. And he says, Therefore, brethren, we have boldness to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus. He's referred to that holy of holies, that place in the Old Testament tabernacle, in the Old Testament temple where the Ark of the Covenant resided, where no one could go into that holy place except the high priest, and he could only go in once a year, and then only through the sacrificial shed blood of the animals and It was such a holy place. It was considered to be where God dwelt with His people in the Old Testament. It was said that He dwelt between the angels, between the cherubim. And when they would move the tabernacle, even the eyes of the Levites could not behold the ark, and they would have to take the veil that separated the holy place from the holy of holies, and they would have to take it and move backwards, holding that veil and drape it over the Ark of the Covenant, lest they see it and profane it. And that was only a picture of the true Holy of Holies, the very presence of God in heaven. And when Jesus died and shed His blood, He entered into that true Holy of Holies in heaven, and it is through His blood that the writer of Hebrews says that now we can go into the very 
holy of holies of God. That place that no one but the high priest could go and only once a year. You and I can now go into that holy place any time we want through the blood of Jesus. When Jesus died on the cross, that veil in the temple that separated the holy place from the holy of holies, the veil that was said to be the thickness of a man's hand, was torn from top to bottom when Jesus died supernaturally by the hand of God, symbolizing that now man could enter through Jesus into that very holy place of God. And the writer of Hebrews says, with boldness, with courage, with confidence, we can enter into the very presence of the omnipotent God. You cannot tomorrow go down to the capital and just walk into the office of Sonny Purdue. You cannot do that. Try it. Much less try to walk into the Oval Office. But yet, as a Christian, we can go into the Oval Office of the universe to the very throne room of Almighty God and tell Him about the battles that rage around us. Tell Him about the conflicts that we're encountering. Tell Him about the attacks of Satan and draw from Him all the strength that we need to defeat this fiend of hell through the blood of the Lord Jesus. They overcame Him because of the blood of the Lamb and you can overcome Him through the blood of the Lamb as well, as you have access to the very throne of God. Secondly, the blood is powerful weapon because of the protection it affords us. Do you really think Satan's attacks can penetrate the blood of the Lord Jesus? Do you think that Satan or his demons can harm you when you're covered in the precious blood of the Lamb of God? Do you think Satan dared draw near to that blood that defeated and doomed him for eternity? No, I tell you a thousand times no. When you're covered in the blood of Jesus, we are invincible to Satan's attacks. As that writer of that familiar hymn, How Firm of Foundation put it, the soul that on Jesus has leaned for repose. I will not, I will not desert to his foes. That soul, though all hell should endeavor to shake, I'll never, never, no, never forsake. The blood of Jesus is our protection. Cover yourself in that precious saving blood of Jesus. And they overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb. And you too can overcome him because of the blood of Jesus as you cover yourself in it and avail the protection that is there for you. Thirdly, the blood of Christ is so powerful because it gives us acceptance. It gives us cleansing and acceptance before God. In 1 John chapter 7, excuse me, chapter 1 verse 7, we read, "But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, does what? Cleanses us from some of our sin. No, all of our sin. His blood cleanses us from all, absolutely, 
every single sin. It is on the basis of the blood of Jesus that the saved sinner is accepted by a holy God. That powerful blood cleanses us so completely that a holy God can have fellowship with us and take us into heaven. John also tells us in that same chapter, verse 3, What we have seen and heard we proclaim to you also that you too may have fellowship with us and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Now you hear what John is saying? He's saying that not only can you and I have fellowship with each other, but we can have fellowship with holy God. And the word fellowship means to have in common. It means a oneness. You and I can enter into a oneness, an intimacy of relationship with holy God because the blood of Jesus cleanses us so completely. Now the only basis you and I have for forgiveness, for acceptance, is the blood of Jesus. It's not any work that you can do to get acceptance with God. You could give every penny in your bank account to missions. That wouldn't earn you one millisecond of acceptance in His sight. You could give yourself to die for the gospel, the ultimate human sacrifice, but that would not earn you one millisecond of acceptance in the presence of God. No amount of goodness you can do The only basis, the only ground that we can stand on before God is the shed blood of Jesus Christ. The lost sinner comes and places himself under the blood of Jesus and he pleads the blood. Maybe you've been asked the question, if you were to die tonight and stand before God and he said to you, why should I let you into my heaven? what would your answer be? Why should God let you into heaven? I hope you don't say because I went to church regularly. I hope you don't say because I gave a tenth of my income faithfully. I hope you don't say because I tried to do good and to be a good person. I hope you don't say because I kept the commandments. What would you say? I hope you say, the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. His sacrificial death for me is the only reason you should let me into heaven. But let me tell you, that is the reason. The only reason. You and I have no basis to stand before a holy God other than what Jesus Christ accomplished for us in shedding His blood, that our sins might be wiped away. When Satan accuses us constantly, we must retreat to the blood of Christ. When Satan comes before us and before God and says, Look at them, Father, look at them, God. They're sinners, they're selfish, they're wicked. Is there any one of us who can say, No, that's not true. I'm perfect. I'm sinless. Not a single one of us can in truth 
say we're sinless. So when Satan accuses us and he wants to continually bring up our past sins that we've already confessed, when he wants to point out how miserable and wretched and selfish we are, we've got to run to the blood. Just say to him, devil, you don't know the half of it. I'm worse than that. But I'm covered in the blood of Christ. I'm washed in the blood of Christ. I'm justified in the blood of Christ. I'm sanctified in the blood of Christ. And I'll be glorified in the blood of Christ. Flee to the blood. Leave me alone, devil. I'm covered in the blood of Jesus. And they overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb. And you too can overcome his accusations as you flee to the blood of Christ, as your perfect cleansing before God. The fourth reason the blood of Christ is such a powerful weapon is that it bought and purchased me. It redeemed me from my slavery to sin. First Peter, the verse that we have seen earlier, chapter 1, verse 18, says, Knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with the precious blood, as a lamb unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. I was lost. I was hopeless. I was enslaved to sin. I was so enslaved I could not free myself no matter how hard I tried. Satan had me as his slave. He had dominion over me. But then Jesus Christ redeemed me. He purchased me off the slave block. He purchased me and set me free from my bondage to sin, my bondage to Satan. And now I am His totally and completely. Satan has absolutely no claim on me at all. It's like you're going down to Ed Voll's Hyundai and purchasing a new Hyundai and paying for it in cash. Taking it home and two days later, the police come and the sheriff says, Ed Voss wants his car back. He says, you took it for a test drive and never brought it back. He's got claim on it, he says. Well, what do you do? You walk up to your place, you keep your, say, your special papers and you pull out the sales receipt that shows you paid in full and you take it down and you show it to the sheriff and you says, look. It's mine. I paid for it in full. He has no claim on it anymore. He gave up all claim when I purchased it completely. But when the old devil comes a-knocking and he wants to put claim on you, and he wants to tell you you've got to do his bidding, he wants to tell you you've got to follow his commands and you've got to sin, you just show him the blood of Jesus and say, that's my sales receipt. You have no claim on me. I belong to God. I've been purchased through the blood of the Lamb. And buddy, he has got to hightail it out of there. As that writer says in that song, Oh, how I love redeemed. Oh, I love to proclaim it. 
Redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed through His infinite mercy. His child and forever I am. And they overcame Him because of the blood of the Lamb. And you too can overcome Him through the blood of the Lamb that purchased you for God. The fifth reason the blood of the Lamb is so powerful is because it secured for me an eternal salvation and everlasting deliverance. Over in Colossians chapter 1, Paul says, And He, that is God the Father, rescued us from the domain of darkness, that's Satan's dungeon, and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. You see the word transferred in the Greek? It means a once and for all transfer. A completed transaction. The picture is again that we're in Satan's dungeon. We're in his domain. We are prisoners. And Jesus Christ comes and he breaks through the prison. He slams open the doors and he takes us out of that prison. And he takes us and transfers us to his kingdom once and for all. That's no going back. It's a settled matter. As a Christian, we are now a part of his kingdom. By the blood of the Lamb, we are delivered to an everlasting salvation. You don't have to worry about the blood ever wearing out through all eternity or ever wearing thin. The one who saved us by grace, by his own blood, says, I give unto them eternal life and they shall never, no, never perish. Do you think the one who died for you, who shed his blood and purchased you, that you might be delivered from Satan's domain and transferred to his kingdom, would ever let you fall through his hands, would ever let you go? Not anything you can do or the devil can do can take you away from Jesus Christ who purchased you with his blood. The writer of Hebrews says it this way, In chapter 7, verse 25, Therefore He, speaking of Jesus, is able also to save forever those who draw near to God through Him, since He always lives to make intercession for them. Save forever. And ever, and ever, and ever. Throughout eternity, the blood of Jesus will be our salvation. It will be our perfect covering. It will be forever my foundation for eternity. I'll never need another cloak in all eternity than the blood of Jesus. My cry for eternity will be worthy as a lamb that was slain, who purchased me by his precious blood, Precious is His blood, and to Him be all glory and dominion and wisdom and power. They overcame Him because of the blood of the Lamb, because His blood was their eternal 
security. Rose Brown said she feared when that man placed that knife to her throat and said, get in that car. And he threatened to kill her. She got down in the passenger side in the floorboard. He pushed her down. And he drove off. I had been preaching at that time on the blood of Christ and the protection it affords us. In her own testimony, she began to pray and plead the blood of Jesus over her. And that man drove into a neighborhood there in Phoenix City, and she continued to plead the blood of Christ. And she said suddenly he stopped, and he opened the door, and he pushed her out onto the road. Amen. The blood of Christ. She gave testimony to our whole church that next week of the power of the blood. Christian, there's power in the blood. Stand under it. Cover yourself. It is your victory over Satan. Plead the blood. You're not a Christian. Jesus invites you today to come under His precious blood. Come to Him and say, Lord Jesus, I surrender to You. I know I have no basis for acceptance before a holy God, but You have died for me. You've shed Your blood that I might have forgiveness of sins. Come and plead the blood of Christ. Put yourself under His blood. There is healing. There is power. He can restore your life. He can set you free from addictions and bondages that you're experiencing. There's power in the blood. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you were willing to die that we might have life, to shed your blood. We thank you for the power that's in your blood and how it is one of our greatest weapons in this spiritual battle against the enemy. May we avail ourselves of this weapon this week when Satan attacks, may we run to the blood. In Jesus' name, amen.